What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Gunter, and we folks are diving into the unknown. We are joined by certified hypnotist Leah Neese. This one was awesome. So Leah uh, specializes in sports hypnosis. She works with professional competitive athletes alike. Uh, she's actually done some past work with some notable surfers, sailors, uh, and she works with athletes across a number of different sports. We talk a little bit about that today. Uh, but man, was this a really interesting conversation. So I got to be honest, candidly, I had a lot of misconceptions about what hypnosis was, and I think that's probably pretty common. And this conversation, I mean, and I mean this sincerely, really helped give me some new perspective uh, when talking to Sonia in the run it by my wife section after, I, I think we agreed it, it broadened our horizons and it really made us interested in giving it a shot. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in learning more about hypnosis, I mean, in this one, we talk everything from about what is it, how does it work? Who is it right for? What can you use it for? Uh, really the whole kit and caboodle. So if you're interested, which I really appreciated, she has a free giveaway for listeners who want to give hypnosis a try at home on their own. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. Uh, I personally can't wait to give it a shot and maybe I'll report back on how that goes. So really great conversation. I love where this one went. Uh, again, it's all about broadening your horizons here. So if you would likewise like to broaden your horizons and follow us on Instagram, you can go ahead and do that over at the underscore professional athlete. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a rating and a review. It certainly helps. I know I say it every week, but boy, I, I hope you know I mean it. Really appreciate people who've reached out with positive feedback. So keep that coming. And also, a lot of these guests are coming by way of recommendations. Uh, you know, I have a lot of folks I would love to talk to, but uh, some of the people who folks have recommended have been some of the best shows. So if you have someone that you know uh, or that you think would be a great guest, let me know. Uh, that's a great, great way for us to find folks, too. Okay, man, I think that was it. That might be the fastest intro I've done. So without further ado, folks, let's welcome certified hypnotist Leah Neese to the show. <laughs> First and foremost, thank you for joining the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So um, to be honest, I've never felt less, maybe what's the word, uh, qualified to talk about a topic than I am about <laughs> hypnosis. So I am really, really excited just to like learn today. Awesome. I, I think you're plenty qualified. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about how how natural it actually is for everybody. So I'm, oh, I'm okay. excited to talk about this. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, how did you first get involved with hypnosis? Um, kind of a long story. I hmm. hit or long story, short story, I hit kind of rock bottom mindset wise, which leads to rock bottom in every other aspect of your life. Yeah. And for a while felt, got, got really into the victim mindset, which I think mm. a lot of times is the only way to reach rock bottom. Uh, Cause that really just helps you keep spiraling down and yeah. was very much in the mindset of all these things keep happening to me. And it's not, you know, which makes your ego feel good because it's not our fault. But right. it also means that you are powerless because if these things are happening to you, then you can't change them. So hmm. I, I had someone tell me that our circumstances may not necessarily be our fault, but they are 100% our responsibility. And that uh, wasn't something I wanted to hear <laughs> at the time, yeah. but... Uh, no, once I actually, it, to your point, right? That that is tough because it means then you have to take some accountability. Yeah, and ego does not like accountability. But no. once I kind of got <laughs> got past that hump, I um, it actually started being very empowering. Right? Okay. Mm. Well, if if this is my responsibility, and it doesn't matter if it's my fault or not, because really, I mean, 
fault has nothing to do with it, then that means that I can change it. I yeah. don't need to worry about, you know, if all these things are happening to you and it seems like the entire world is against you, every single person, every single event, that's a lot to control versus just one person, meaning you. Right. right? So mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was only one source of <laughs> negativity that I needed to work with. And that actually became very empowering. So I went on this little learning binge about the mind and the mindset and found hypnosis through a family friend who introduced me to it. And mm. I had actually been hypnotized um, once. I think I was 14, maybe it was for a fear of bees. Which is just oh, a, a no kidding. So that actually is a treatment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, This was the same family friend and, and I totally forgot that I had done that when I was, you know, 14. And oh, wow. it was pretty effective, but I, until actually being a certified hypnotist still didn't believe that I was in hypnosis during it, which is pretty funny. I didn't believe in hypnosis for the majority of my training, which isn't something I generally advertise. But. No, yeah, but yeah. it's important, right? Cause I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Um, right. You don't need to believe in it for it to work, which is nice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And like yeah. my first experience with it was, I guess it must've been like a high school graduation. Like they got all the seniors together in a gym. They had a hypnotist come in. Oh, like and a stage they, hypnotist. Exactly. And they put like eight out of the 14 kids into, oh I mean, gosh. I guess, I don't know if I'm describing it right, a deep trance, yeah. some of which were my best friends. And the whole time I'm like, it's dude, I'm be like, funny to watch. well, yeah. And I'm just like, are you in on it? <laughs> Did that really happen? They're like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so I was like, I, I was like, yeah. I, guess, I guess it worked, but it's funny. So you were hypnotized at 14. And mm-hmm. then even going through your training, you still weren't certain that it was. Oh, uh, no, I was certain that I wasn't being hypnotized. Oh. Wow. And I was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I actually learned what it, I think people just don't know what hypnosis feels like. So it, mm. whenever I have a new student, one of the first things we do, let's say they're, they're taking my course, is I take them through a very mini hypnosis, not really doing much subconscious rewiring, but it's just for them to feel, oh, that's what it feels like to be in hypnosis. Got it. And that tells their conscious mind that that's what it's going to feel like. Hmm. Okay. So, so you go through this kind of like tough period, you realize that you do have more control over kind of what's happening to you than maybe you initially uh, either thought or wanted to believe. (laughs) Right. I Uh, think it's the second one. Yeah. So, okay. But so hypnosis, this, Mm -hmm. your, your interest in it came from, I know you had this family friend, but I guess, you know, that, that's like a big life altering change. Yeah. So, so she, she told me about it and, um, you know, I was like, okay, that, that sounds cool. I'd, I'd like to learn about it just for my own personal development, personal growth. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I ended up, it was kind of an online course. I started halfway through and had to double up the whole way and did a lot of, <laughs> a lot of training, a lot of hours. And then the, the last week was actually in person. I had to fly to Pennsylvania and that mm. way you can actually practice on real human beings, not just my fish, which has received hours of hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most relaxed fish ever. Yeah. And sounds like a good day. Yeah. yeah. He's got it pretty sweet. And then, um, yeah, so we went to, went to Pennsylvania, did the last bit of my training in person, actually put real human beings into a hypnotic state and, yeah, like I said, I, I wasn't actually planning on doing this for a living until I started, you know, I had some friends who are family members who were kind of going through some things like, oh, well, you know, maybe this could help. It helped me and started helping them with some hypnosis. And mm. uh, I, I guess, have, have been known to be pretty quiet. And I've been told I have a monotone voice, which I, think, I don't think you ever hear your voice the way that it actually sounds. But yeah. I know that in school, I always got in trouble for being too quiet, but then someone was like, wow, you have the perfect voice for hypnosis. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that. (laughs) So that was kind of how it happened. Oh, okay. Very cool. So can can we even start with uh, kind of explaining like what is hypnosis? Because I think maybe you've already identified like my, my perception of what it is might need to be altered. Right. It, it is, in fact, not, you know, swinging watches and purple cloaks and mind control. Mm-hmm. It's it's first of all, it's a naturally occurring state that we go through. So I think that's important to say first when it hmm. naturally occurs, we call it a hypnagogic state, but it's the same state. So you have. 
I'm going to talk about four brainwave states for our purposes. There are a few others, but basically you have beta, alpha, theta, and delta, and I'm going in descending order. Mm-hmm. Always bothers me that they're not actually in order, but beta, alpha, theta, delta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so beta would be right now, let's say you're listening to the podcast, your conscious mind is at the forefront, which is going to be your analytical mind. It's going to be the one questioning things and analyzing and kind of piecing things together. And that's at the forefront in this state, beta state. And then you have delta at the bottom, which is sleep. You are Hmm. not conscious. If you have a recording under your pillow at night, you're not getting any of it. Sorry to say, but you are just, (laughs) you're out. out I can can stop my Spanish books on tape. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) The, uh, The only time it'd be helpful is if you wake up a lot in the middle of the night and you are in the hypnagogic state, then you would you would retain some of it, but. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So then you, then in between those states, you have the alpha and theta brainwave states, which are like uh, in between, they're not asleep and they're not fully awake. The biggest difference is that your subconscious is actually at the forefront in that state. That's where meditation and hypnosis happen. Ah. So when you are waking up, you have to, you can't skip states. So right. If you're starting at Delta, which is asleep and you're waking up trying to go to beta, Our goal is to be alive, awake, and alert during the day. You have to go through that theta and alpha state, which means you are naturally going through this hypnotic state. And we call it the hypnagogic when you're going into it naturally. Same thing when you're falling asleep at night. Hmm. And so you naturally do this at least two times a day and more if you take a lot of notes. Got it. Okay. So those those brainwave states are naturally occurring. Correct. Yes. And And we all go through them every single day. Okay. So wh- where does uh, the hypnosis then come into effect? And I guess, you know, I imagine it's something that you kind of have to like experience to really understand what it's like, but could you also maybe kind of like explain what that sensation feels like to someone maybe Absolutely. going through hypnosis for the first time? Absolutely. So just to start off with hypnosis is essentially just this state or one of, you know, they're technically two states, alpha and theta states Mm -hmm. combined with positive suggestion. And I can talk about this more if you'd like, but it needs to be positively worded because that's what our subconscious mind understands. It's very lytical and it doesn't understand negative words. So combining this, this trance state where your subconscious is automatically at the forefront. So we're communicating directly with it, combining that with positive suggestion, which is in the language that the subconscious mind understands that's hypnosis essentially. Mm. And we can make it fancier and longer adding in fun inductions and visualization and everything. But at its core, that's really what it is. So when you say the positive state is what it can understand, what do you mean by that? So let's say you are trying to quit smoking, Um, anything like an addiction or a habit. Hypnosis is great for because it doesn't require willpower. Willpower is in the conscious mind and we're bypassing the conscious mind altogether. So we're bypassing willpower. Hmm. So, you know, weight loss, addiction, habits, anything like that is really great with hypnosis. So let's say, like I said, you're trying to quit smoking. You might be telling yourself every self every day. I really don't want to be a smoker. I don't want to smoke cigarettes. I don't want to slot cigarette. I don't want to buy a pack. You know, any of these things that don't, that you're putting into that statement, the subconscious mind isn't hearing. So all it's hearing hmm. is I want to smoke cigarettes. I want to be a smoker. I want to get that other pack. I want to smoke that last cigarette, whatever that belief is or that self-belief is that we have. Yeah. So instead of, I don't want to be a smoker, we would word it to be positive so that it was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm safe from cigarettes. I'm free from smoking any, you know, something like that, that is positively worded so that our subconscious is actually (laughs) doing what we mean it to do because it's it's there to help and it really wants to give you what it thinks you're asking for so we just need to word it in the right way so that it can actually give us what we are asking for got it so is there any difference um like for for your purposes for from the standpoint of hypnosis is there any difference between those two states where hypnosis kind of lives yeah so we use them for different things so for for my purposes with the athletes I work with in my course, Hypnotic Athlete Accelerator, mm-hmm. we really aren't using that theta state very much. Remember, it's alpha theta. Theta is going to be the deeper one. Most mm-hmm. of the time, we're just going to be using that alpha state. So if they're doing their 
self-hypnosis, which technically all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, but when mm. I say self-hypnosis, I mean them guiding themselves versus a recording. Oh, interesting. Yes, yeah, so they actually learned how to themselves into hypnosis in the course, which is pretty neat. Yeah, very so, cool. Yeah. I'll talk more about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so when you are doing quote-unquote self-hypnosis, right, again, using that term kind of loosely, you you can't go into that theta brainwave state and still keep that train of consciousness to guide yourself through hypnosis. Uh, so, which it's still incredibly effective and we still want to want them to be using that self hypnosis to reinforce everything. But then they do actually get about 10 recording or they get 10 recordings throughout the course. And then they also get uh, this like big master recording that I create for them. So by listening to that, they're actually able to go a bit deeper, which is, going to provide just even better, deeper results. Hmm. Things that have to be in that deep state are things like uh, age regression, past life regression. You can even use hypnosis to forego general anesthesia, use it for pain relief, lots of things like that. Those all require a much deeper state. And so you need hmm. to be in that theta brainwave state with someone or something guiding you. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I think that does. I mean, gosh, I have so many questions, but you know, <laughs> One question, um, you know, are, so are there different forms of hypnosis? Like the, the type of hypnosis that you practice, is it like a, a specific, I guess the best way to describe it is type? Like, is there an, an entire spectrum of the types of hypnosis that, that people will practice? So there's, I, I hope this answers your question. We mm -hmm. always want those two components of a trance state mixed with positive suggestion. Okay. So that's kind of at its most basic, simplified form. And then I even break it down a little bit more broad in the course by saying you want an induction, visualization, and positive suggestion for a really powerful hypnosis uh, session. Mm -hmm. Right. So having the, in, and the induction just means that thing that relaxes you, whether it's counting or breath work or both or visualization, which kind of is a continuation of the induction. And then a visualization, which you are using to continue the induction, meaning that, you know, visualization is originates in the subconscious mind. So when we are visualizing something, we're actually tapping into that and mm. that sends us even deeper. And I know I'm covering so many little things. And then we're also using it almost as a second form of positive suggestion. So visualizing that goal that we want, instead of just having a sentence about it, visualizing so yourself as uh, you know, first place in whatever competition you're doing, instead of yeah. just putting the suggestion that I compete at my highest potential, whatever it is. And then of course, adding that positive suggestion in. So that's, that's going to be a little bit more broad or of, of kind of the, the steps or the components that we want in hypnosis. And then other than that, I would say different for, for my purposes, that's really all we do, but there are different yeah. types of sense you can, you can do hypnosis to see a past life, go back in this current life and deal with traumas that you had. You can use it to change associations. Like I mentioned, you can use, you can use it to forego general anesthesia. You can use it for pain management, which I've done on multiple occasions with embarrassing injuries. You can <laughs> use it. Um, I mean, you can really, you know, for every different thing you're using it for it might be a different type of hypnosis so there are lots of types in that sense but yeah the purposes of the course we we keep it pretty simple got it so am i understanding correctly that like hypnosis is really more about a state that kind of you exist in i, I think it was what the alpha and the uh data, alpha, alpha and theta. Data. sorry alpha theta um okay. And then I guess once you have someone in that state, right, there's, I guess, a number of different like objectives that you might have or outcomes that you might be trying to create. But it sounds right. like, it's, go ahead. Essentially, anything that's originating in the subconscious mind, we can easily change in hypnosis. And the mm -hmm. subconscious takes up 90% of our mind, just yeah. to give you some context. So I, think I mentioned, you know, uh, habits, addictions, fears, involuntary muscle movements, uh, this is something oh, yeah. I mentioned in the, the email, the but stuff. most of our, oh yeah, most of our performance, our athletic performance is actually originating in our subconscious mind, mm. which is why this is such a good tool for athletes. So anything that's originating there is going to be, hypnosis is going to be a really great tool to rewire it, which is kind of a funny way to say it, but to get it to do what we want it to do. Mm. Yeah. So maybe that's a, a good next, uh, 
place for the conversation to go. How, how did you begin working with athletes? Because now you're, if I, if I understand correctly, you're specialized in working with athletes to improve performance. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I originally, when I opened up my, my private practice, I would, I mean, I would see anybody for anything. I was just trying to get clients. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, you know, of course had a few athletes in there and I realized that they were just my favorite to work with. Those were my favorite oh. clients that I had. And I don't know if it was because they were used to having coaches or used to having someone tell them what to do versus a lot of my weight loss clients or uh, smoking cessation clients or you know anything like that. They were really looking for someone to fix them, which is something I mentioned, you know, in the beginning of this call, right? That's where wow. I was before. And that's hypnosis is all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And it really is something that the hypnotist can kind of give you the map, but you need to be doing the work yourself. So if somebody mm. is looking for you to fix them, it's not going to hypnosis. A hypnotist isn't the best person for that, but someone who's, that's, you know, someone like a grad. No, that's, it's funny. And again, maybe this is part of the, the need to shift my perception, but when I think someone being hypnotized, I do think of them as being like passive and mm -hmm. the hypnotist being the one creating the change. Right. Uh, but what you're saying is like, no, it's, you have to be willing to put in the work. Yeah. And that is a, a very common misconception that people have mm -hmm. is that it's, you know, we, we've all seen the scary movies that it's mind control or something like that. The hypnotist, no matter yeah. how much they wanted to, could not control you. Otherwise every every parent would learn hypnosis and their kids would be perfect all right. the time. Right. I mean, more, I need to know what happened this. at this high school graduation party. I, now <laughs> I'm, I'm more confused than ever, but okay. Oh, no. Yeah. So it is not, uh, it's not mind control. You're, we can only use hypnosis to help your subconscious mind do what your conscious mind already wants. And maybe just doesn't have the willpower to do. Hmm. So is it more about, or I guess, is it in part getting your subconscious mind to kind of give you that positive reinforcement uh, in line with like the the outcome or objective that you're trying to achieve? Like, is that is that what and then like from that, maybe performance gets increased because you're not having this like mental uh, cognitive dissonance where you're fighting yourself all the time? Right. I would say it's more about more about strengthening the right neural pathway that we want to strengthen. So mm -hmm. if it's, you know, let's say before you compete every single time you get anxiety, which is yeah. I'm using this because this is what I work with a lot of my athletes. Uh, that, yeah. I was going to ask you like what, what do athletes typically come to you for, but yeah, maybe we can hit that as you explain. This. Yes. Anxiety is the, probably the biggest component that we cover. I, mm -hmm. Every other topic I spend one week in the course doing anxiety, I, I dedicate two weeks to it because it's that's been a, a common thread that I've noticed with all the athletes. Yeah. So, right. Let's say that you, every time you go to compete and, and this is a kind of a limiting belief that you would have about yourself, but that you, you get anxious, you, you start sweating, you start shaking, you get this pit in your stomach. You, you know, you might feel a little lightheaded. You have all of these, all these physical anxiety symptoms, maybe you feel mental fogginess, you have some mental, uh, you know, symptoms of anxiety, right. It could mm -hmm. be, a lot of times anxiety is as physical as it is mental. And so you have this belief about yourself that every time I compete, I get anxious. Or maybe you don't even have a word to put to it, but every time I compete, I feel like this. Yeah. Every time I compete, I get nervous. Which, if you tell yourself that every single time you compete, your subconscious, right, in a conscious state, so your subconscious is going to say, okay, right, it's very analytical, it's going to give you what it thinks you want. All right. Every time you compete, you get anxious. You got it. I am on it. I am going to make sure that every time you compete, mm. you get anxious. And it's yeah. just going to keep, you know, when you think of competing, the neural, the neural pathway, the neural connection that you have strongest is I get anxious. That's mm. the path that goes. So what we want to do is create a new pathway, <laughs> which is, yeah. you know, I'm calm, relaxed and in total control before competition, before every competition, something like that. And we want to go into a hypnotic state so that the subconscious is at the forefront, which is going to make all this much more effective, even though we still want to continue the same type of language out of hypnosis, just so we're not working against ourselves and all the work we're putting in. Yeah. But we're going to give this positive suggestion, positive post-hypnotic suggestion, meaning a positive suggestion in a hypnotic state. 
And we're going to say, yeah, you know, every single time I compete, I am calm, relaxed, and in total control. I am totally at ease. I am calm and focused and alert and all these, all these amazing things that we all wish we felt every single time we competed. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be repeating this in hypnosis. And the more you repeat it, the stronger this neural pathway, this neural connection is going to get. And we want to get it to the point that when you think about competing or when you show up to compete, that's the stronger pathway. That's the one that your subconscious like, oh, that's that's the stronger one. That's the one I'm sticking to. And that's the association that you have. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And it's interesting because um, we've had a couple mental skills coaches uh, over the course of the podcast. And this self-talk comes up or the thoughts that kind of rush to the forefront of your brain at the time of competition and everyone kind of has their own means of helping their athletes address that. Either just recognize like, hey, they're just thoughts. Like thought, you know, we had a, a fan, right. his name's Greg Carton. He's amazing. Works with PGA golfers. He's like, I've never seen a thought hit a golf ball. He's like, it's just a thought. <laughs> um, and what I'm hearing from you is like an alternative approach. And I just mean alternative compared to the other like approaches that I've heard is you can right. actually sort of rewire those pathways. Oh, um, yeah which is really interesting. You, you said something else too, that the same state where hypnosis, hypnosis occurs is the same state what like meditation occurs. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Can you, can you talk a little bit maybe yeah. about how the two are similar or maybe different? Cause I f- feel like there's yeah. a lot more people who are probably have, have tried meditation or familiar with meditation. And I think today it's pretty okay. generally well accepted. Um, whereas I feel like hypnosis almost has a like people are like is that is that real like does that you know like so it's either is that real or is it mind control and is it scary yeah 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 um it's funny yeah i mean hypnosis has such a funny reputation and Mm -hmm. it it really is the same stigma almost stigma absolutely yeah. yeah and i i think it's a lot from movies and um, you know, whatever else we don't need to go all the way into that, but you know, and then meditation, which is the same, literally the same exact brainwave states has, I think it's just much more accepted at least, you know, currently. Yeah. And I, to answer your question, I'm still learning about this. So I actually Mm. just got off a call today with a, um, she's, she's like an uh, Olympic medal, you know, Olympic medal winner. She's X games medal winner. And now Mm. she's, just traveling around in a van all over the country, leading retreats for other athletes. And she's also a meditation coach. So and we, we've hopped on a few calls and just sat there for an hour going back and forth about philosophizing, okay, what's hypnosis, what's meditation and what are the similarities and what are the differences? Yeah. And so I'm still learning. Um, but essentially, right. The similarities would be they're the same brainwave state. That's going to be the biggest thing. So hmm. both of them, are in this state that brings the subconscious mind to the forefront. And they, they use a lot of similar techniques. So an induction in meditation and in hypnosis could be identical, right? You're just trying to, and the, again, the induction and, and what, is what's Yeah, what you. would that be? Yeah. Well, is that like the cue that, that kind of puts you into that brainwave state? Or right? I, I, I would be interested to understand, how, how are people actually getting into these brainwave states from, I believe, beta, right? Right, yeah. So you're starting at beta, going to you know alpha first. Yeah. Relaxing. That's it. Right. You just need to relax, which is so much simpler than everyone thinks. And you can, you know, stage hypnotists are generally going to do some sort of very fun to watch rapid induction where they snap and this person, you know, folds forward really quickly and it's very dramatic. Yeah. Which yes, those, those work too. They're going to be a lot more effective on somebody who has done a lot of hypnosis or meditation in the past because it means they're going to go quicker and deeper into this state. Hmm. But you know, essentially it's just relaxation. So if you are relaxed, you are automatically in that alpha state. You are in that light state of hypnosis, which when we talk about getting into the zone for athletes, that's what that is. Yeah. And I think so many people don't know that, but that's, you know, when you're in that flow state or the zone and you feel like for some reason your performance is just so much better. That's what that is. Huh? Yeah. I've, I can think back to like very specific, times of my own athletic career where I was 100% like in the zone, like things slow down, everything. It just feels easy. Mm -hmm. Um, I would never have suspected it was that I was on. I mean, I guess, yeah, you know that you're in a relaxed state, but like, 
at times of competition, I almost feel like the two sound mutually exclusive. They you know, do. Being yeah. like hyped up, competing at a high level, but almost being like in that relaxed state that enables you to be in this flow. Right. And like I, like I said, the conscious mind is at the forefront in your beta brainwave state. Hmm. And the conscious mind is the one that's asking a bunch of questions and analyzing everything. And the more comfortable that your conscious mind is, the more it can kind of step aside and your subconscious can come to the forefront. Hmm. So if you are, say you're a soccer player and you know, you are, you are competing against the best soccer players all over the world, right? You show up to a competition that might be a little nerve wracking, but one day your niece calls you and says, Hey, will you come to my soccer game and play with us? And you're like, sure. You walk onto that field. You're probably not too worried about all the little girls running around playing soccer around you, mm-hmm. little, little kids, whatever it is. Your conscious mind is so comfortable and you might actually, let's say those, I'm giving the weirdest example, but let's say those kids were even more talented than the, you know, world's best soccer players that you were competing with mm-hmm. because your conscious mind is so comfortable there's a good chance you'll actually perform better just because your conscious mind is now taking a backseat because it's not worried about all these little kids running around you with a soccer ball. Yeah. And your subconscious is able to come to the forefront, which means you are tapping into that 90% of your mind where the vast majority of your performance originates. Hmm. And it's funny, I, I'm thinking back to like, you know, any anyone who's gone from playing middle school to high school or high school to college or collegiate to pro, like, I think it's it's pretty universal, that feeling of like, you, you feel a little overwhelmed. And then eventually, like, you kind of have this breakthrough, so to speak, where you're like, no, I belong here. Like, I can actually do this. I'm actually yeah, just as good. If, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's, you know, I think the times in my own life where I like stepped up a level or just, you know, any type of competition and maybe I, I underperformed, it was because maybe there were some like uh, conscious minded, uh, I don't know, self doubt or um, constant like overthinking. Mm-hmm. You know, overthinking, that's a, yeah. Yeah. That's the conscious mind. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, now I'm, I mean, as we talk, I'm thinking back to times where I've had like a peak performance for, and it's like, what was a consistent trait was that it felt like effortless or right. I wasn't thinking. Okay. And imagine if you didn't just find yourself in that state, but you could go into that state intentionally on command whenever you mm. wanted to. That's the, that's our goal with these athletes. Oh, so, Okay. How now, how does an athlete typically go about doing that? So, obviously, there's a lot of work that has to happen beforehand. Um, yeah. and maybe this is worth mentioning now. Er, earlier episode, we had Adam Nelson on, he won the gold medal in the 2008 Olympics, no, 2004 Olympics. He went to the Olympics three times. He's an American shot putter, he's amazing. Um, but he uh practiced, you know, uh, some form of like hypnotism. And it was to get him in this like peak performance state. And one of the things that he said, which you just reminded me of is he like had some sort of trigger that he would use to like turn it on in times of competition. Like, a, like an anchor or something? Maybe. Yeah. And so that's what I was going to ask you. Like, I guess is, um, is that like a universal way that people approach it or are there various ways that people can kind of find themselves and, and, and get into that flow state in times of high stress or competition? So you can definitely use anchors. I typically use anchors for um, NLP, which is neurolinguistic programming. Hmm. Um, but you can also, I mean, if hypnosis is almost like coding, right? If you tell your subconscious mind, okay, when I put my first, second, and third finger together, which that's the anchor that I like using because it's so simple and subtle and you can do it while competing. If I put my first, second, and third fingers together, then I know that I am in that flow state or I'm in that zone or, you know, you can have your own wording for it, whatever resonates your subconscious mind will know what you mean. And you can add meaning to this seemingly meaningless physical thing. You can also imagine a column of light or a circle in front of you. It doesn't even need to be a physical thing. I mean, you can, you can code your subconscious mind to add meaning to anything and Hmm. add whatever meaning you want to anything. Yeah. So he might've been using some kind of, anchor. Okay. Now, do more athletes come to you? I know the earlier examples were things that people were trying to solve. Of the athletes who come to work with you, are they trying to address an issue more often? 
Or do you also see athletes who come to you who say like, Hey, I I'm, I'm searching for every opportunity to get better and find like that next level, that next 1% that's going to take me to the top. You know, what, what's kind of like the most common reason an athlete comes to you? I would say, and keeping in mind that generally the presenting issue isn't going to be the source issue, but generally the presenting issue uh, that athletes come to me with is going to be anxiety or performance anxiety. It a lot of times doesn't even have to do with, or seemingly doesn't have to do with their performance at all. They just have anxiety and are also an athlete and also want to improve their performance. Hmm. So, you know, maybe, I mean, it, it could really be a number of things. And, and in the course, like I said, we actually find the root of whatever their anxiety is and we go at it from there. Yeah. It's a lot more effective than just dealing with the presenting issues. But I would say, yeah, probably the, the most common thing is someone comes to me with some kind of performance anxiety or general anxiety, and they're also trying to improve their performance. Yeah. So in your opinion, I mean, obviously people want to get blockers out of the way, right? Things that are holding them back. Um, you know, I guess what about uh, hypnosis do you think can actually enable people to perform at a higher level? Like, let, let's say, you know, beyond someone who like, look, I get really acute anxiety when I go to perform, you mm -hmm. know, maybe it's someone who's like, hey, no, I actually feel pretty good usually, you know, when I step up to the yeah. plate. Um, but like, I take this seriously and I want to get better. Like, what about hypnosis can help like take someone to the next level? So there's so many answers because there's so mm. many different things that so many different goals that people have, but I can at least give an example that, that I, of someone that I worked with. So I had... Yeah. I mentioned him a lot because he's just a, a good example. He's one of the first athletes I worked with and came to me and he was one of the most confident people I've, I've met, bordering on arrogance. And that was kind of what he was going for. Yeah. Um, he was a, a professional sailor. Uh, and okay. um, yeah, and he came to me and he was like, I, I know that when I come off of a bunch of wins, I win. And when I come up with a bunch of losses, I lose. Hmm. And I can tell that it doesn't really matter who I'm competing against, where the regatta is, who the other sailors are. It doesn't really seem to matter. But I know that if I come off with a bunch of wins, it breeds wins, losses breed losses. He was like, I want to go into every regatta feeling like I'm coming off of a year-long winning streak. He was like, hmm. I want more confidence. I'm like, you seem like a pretty confident person already. He was like, I want more confidence. <laughs> and it's funny, something we actually worked on was he was like, and I also need to figure out how to turn that off when I go home to my wife and kids. So oh, we did yeah. a little bit of that too, Yeah, that's uh, which I, I think is, I applaud his awareness for that. Yeah. So we did do some work on that, but yeah. And so, right. He's, he's already an incredible athlete, isn't having anxiety, isn't having any fears. He just wants, and he's already incredibly confident Mm -hmm. But he wants more confidence and he wants that feeling of, right, the soccer player we mentioned, every time he goes and competes against these world champion athletes, I want to feel like I'm competing a bunch against five-year-olds. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you, you walked onto the field and you felt like that. Right. I mean, that's, that's right up there. They tell you a picture of one in their underwear or something. I mean, that's, that's kind of the idea. Just not yeah. quite as, I guess it is just as silly, but that's really <laughs> the idea. Yeah. And yeah, so we did like three sessions, I think. I mean, this was before I had my, my eight week course. Mm -hmm. All we worked on was his confidence. And the next regatta he did, he ended up guaranteeing his mortgage for the year. He won so much money. So it was incredibly effective. Just those three sessions, just working on confidence. Hmm. So every athlete is going to have different goals and hypnosis can help with all those things. And especially it's going to be especially helpful if it is something that is originating in the subconscious mind, which again, you know, it's 90% of our mind, a lot of things do. Yeah. So how, how generally accepted is hypnosis within like the sports world? Is it something that, um, is still like a little bit of, you know, it, it's on the fringe. Like you, maybe you just get some individual athletes who are interested in exploring more of it. Is it becoming more generally accepted, as a means of helping address some of these mental issues uh, that athletes and teams and I imagine coaches and high performers face? I hope so. <laughs> that's my goal, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it is. Um, or maybe that's wishful thinking. I hope it is. Um, I think 
and I no names come to mind right now, but I know a few people come to me like, oh, I think so and so did hypnosis. Some pretty you know famous athletes. We even had one that came to mind when yeah, we were emailing back and forth. So I think because some some more famous bigger athletes are starting to use it, I think it's getting more accepted, which is great. But that is, I mean, it is still an issue, right? Because so many mm. people think it's mind control, or think it's going to make you reveal secrets, or think that it's doesn't work, right? Thinks that it's nothing. Mm-hmm. or, you know, they have so many misconceptions or fears about, it. I think they're going to get stuck in hypnosis. Think that, you know, so there's, there's a, a whole list, which is why first things uh, first. I could, before, I could probably <laughs> list nine out of the 10. Just oh, yeah. stupid I mean, pop culture hypnosis. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my, but people believe them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. so actually maybe that's a good point too. Like, is there, you know, is there research that backs up like the benefits of hypnosis and like, is there, is there a way to like actually quantify some of this? Because like, as an example, I had, um, Christian Thibodeau on, I don't know if you're aware of him. Um, but he does some really interesting work around neurotyping. Um, and the thought is like, hey, people have different neurotypes. They have different um, levels of what am I looking for? Neurotransmitters or hormones. And like those things impact your personality and what you respond to. And so it's not like a quantifiable science per se um, at an individual level, right? But like that also doesn't mean that it doesn't actually work. And so I, I feel like with hypnosis, it has a stigma to your point because of all these crazy pop culture references like you know, to what extent, like, has research and science been able to, like, validate, like, the um, the benefit? So, I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist. So I'm not going to have a great answer. I know that, obviously, hypnosis is based in neuroscience. And I know that there have been mm. studies done uh, documenting the positive effects that just that state has on your brain, whether it is meditation or hypnosis. Yeah. Um, and I, beyond that, I don't know too much. But it is nice that you don't have to believe in it for it to work. That's yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it's it's so interesting to me because it, it makes more sense when you say it it there's similarities between meditation because that I have been through and I can understand like oh no I you 100 percent get into a different state oh, I yeah. feel different afterwards if I do it consistently I feel better yeah. um, you know so. I don't know. It's, it's, um, intriguing. And I guess what, what are some of the other ways maybe, cause I think meditation actually, we said anchor, but like, it's something that a lot of people are familiar with. Like, what are some of the other ways that like hypnosis kind of deviates from meditation? So I would say, and I, I was actually going to mention this at some point, I, I can give you a link, but I have like a free gift for your listeners if they want. I have that would like be a, amazing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's that. a, Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's a pregame performance bundle that I put together. And one of the pieces of it is a video lecture that I do talking about hypnosis versus meditation, because that's awesome. such a common question. So I'll definitely elaborate more in there and I can give you the link. I'll have to find the exact Oh yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I would say again, coming from, I'm a hypnotist. I'm not a meditation coach right right yep. the biggest difference is going to be hypnosis is really brain rewiring and again i always mm-hmm. think of like coding computer coding right mm-hmm. it's really you're going in there you are putting yourself into that state doing some visualization which all has very specific purpose and then doing that positive suggestion which is again in the language that the subconscious mind understands and you're going to be rewiring at a subconscious level to get your desired result. And I think meditation, had, you know, I've heard people say that hypnosis is meditation with a purpose, which I don't love that because meditation oh, okay. has a purpose. Um, I think, you know, meditation can have more of a spiritual aspect or it can, I think it's typically more centered around finding peace within yourself, not from external sources. Hmm. And, and meditation coaches you can tell me if i'm wrong but i think that's that's kind of more of the goal versus subconscious brain rewiring okay that actually helps clear it up for me quite a bit oh awesome yeah it does um and it you know thinking back to past conversations like the way that adam nelson used it uh and there's videos online of him doing it so maybe i'll you can you can check those out after and you can say whoa no Mm -hmm. that's total bullshit what he was doing (laughs) Or you say, no, that's actually pretty spot on. Uh, I'll let you know. Yeah, please do. But uh, 
No, that's 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 really helpful. So I guess um, you know, like man, I know that you've you've worked with uh some pretty prolific people who do various types of sailing. Um, you know, is, is this something that uh there's a benefit for for folks across just all disciplines? Like do, do you also work with people in a professional setting as well beyond just athletes? Currently, I just work with athletes. Okay. Um at least you know, I have friends and family that I'm always going to yeah. help as much as I can, but it can be used for anything. I, um, there are a lot of, my, my hypnosis mentor, she mainly works with people in the professional world, uh, trying to improve public speaking uh, or, um, or things like trichotechomania when you're pulling hair and eyelashes out or nail biting or any of these bad habits that we have that are <clears throat> typically a physical manifestation of our anxiety. Um, I mean, um, you can use it for just about anything and everything. Yeah. Oh, but I so personally cool. right now just work with athletes. Work with athletes. Okay, perfect. Well, this has been, team. this has been awesome. Uh, you know, is, is there anything else worth mentioning? Like I almost feel like I'm so novice on this topic that there <laughs> might be really interesting things that I'm missing. Um, is, is there anything else that you, you think like is, is beneficial for, for listeners to kind of understand, or has this been like a good introduction and then maybe we can like direct them to that, uh, the pregame bundle preview. I, I honestly, I think you're selling yourself short a little bit. I think you asked amazing questions and I honestly think it's more effective having someone who is new to this ask questions because this is so second nature to me that I'm sure I uh, just yeah. talk right past a bunch of things that are obvious to me at this point. So I think because you came from a place of not knowing much about the topic, you asked really great questions for other people who are new to this to understand. I'm sure all the questions you asked other people have. Ah, well, thank you. Fla flattery yeah. will get you everywhere. My boss used to awesome. tell me. So Love it. <laughs> uh, actually quick question. So do you still perform hypnosis on yourself? Oh, every day, at least twice a day. Every day or twice a day. Okay. Yeah. All right. You heard it. Oh, <laughs> uh, one thing that, that I do think would be helpful, and this is something that I say so much to all of my mm. students, really, if you are doing meditation or hypnosis, take advantage of the hypnagogic state that I mentioned before, which again is when you are naturally going into that alpha or theta brainwave state. When you oh, are, okay. you know, let's say you're, you're falling asleep and you're you're kind of aware of the sounds that are happening around you, but you almost feel like pieces of dreams are kind of flashing in and out. You're kind of groggy. You're not really all there. Yeah. You are in theta brainwave state. Take advantage of that. You don't even need mm. an induction to get into that state. You're already there. Just give yourself something so simple, right? Every day and every way I'm getting better and better. That's the best all encompassing, really <laughs> helpful, simple, positive suggestion. Repeat it 10 times takes less than a minute. And that's so powerful. Yeah. Take advantage of that state. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so funny. We just, uh, I guess now it was two episodes ago, um, but we had a gentleman on the show by the name of Prince Daniels. He was a, a really prolific college football player, played in the NFL for three years. Injury was cut short, I'm sorry, career was cut short due to injury, but in, I believe, like his second professional season, he like really got into meditation. Um, and I know that they're not the exact same thing, but you know, him speaking about it in a different way, he said the same thing. It was like, just like the power of like constant, like positive thought, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I, again, speaking about it in completely different terms, but I'm hearing some similarities and he said the way it oh, changed yeah. and impacted his own life, he used meditation. Um, but they're just, they're just, there seems to be some really strong parallels there. Oh yeah. And if you are somebody who already practices a lot of meditation, in, again, meaning you are intentionally going into that state, mm -hmm. you, the, the more times you intentionally go into that state, the quicker and easier it's going to be. So if you decide tomorrow to pick up hypnosis and you can even combine it with your meditation routine that you do, which is something mm. that I like to do a lot, you are going to, you already have a leg up, right? You are already going to go much much deeper and much faster into that state. So mm. in that sense, they're really great to use together as well. Oh, okay. Perfect. Well, this yeah. has been awesome. Um, so we're going to get that link, uh, but yes. for people, for people who want to either know more, I know you have your program, uh, and for folks who just want to generally follow you, like where, where's the best place to do that? 
So I have a few, few different things. I would say the one of the best resources is I have a free uh, private Facebook group for athletes. Oh, cool. Uh, it's called the Athlete Mindset Master. I can give you that link too. Perfect. That's a, a really great resource. I go live on there at least once a week. And if someone asks me a question, like how do I deal with the fear of losing or how do I deal with anger, anxiety, you know, any of these things, I go live for about 20 minutes and just try to answer as many questions as I can, provide value. I have I'm going to be having some guest speakers on there, which is pretty cool. Last month I hosted an entire masterclass on there for free. So there's every day there are a bunch of um just informational posts that I'm doing. And it's really just a place for athletes to support each other, ask questions. You can send me messages directly so I can actually give you some, some yeah. immediate feedback. So that's going to be probably one of the, the best resources that I have. Perfect. And then, like I said, um, I'll give you a link for the free pregame performance bundle, which has, I go even more in depth about hypnosis versus meditation. I have my uh, meditation handbook, which is as I am also a somewhat beginner to meditation, it's really a beginner's guide to starting a meditation practice and all of the techniques I teach in there because meditation and hypnosis are so connected can be applied to hypnosis as well. Oh, very and cool. then I also have a pre-guide, a, I'm sorry, pre-game checklist that mm. it's like a, another little ebook PDF. So a lot of good free stuff in there. I'll give you that link. Um, my oh, website awesome. also has, yeah. Um, my pleasure. I thought that would be kind of fun. And then my website has a lot more information if you're curious about my um, hypnotic athlete accelerator program, which is a eight week one-on-one coaching program for athletes hmm. that all the information is going to be on there. You can even, if you read all and, there, and the website sure. is, yeah, I'm going to butcher the name. Cephalo hypnosis. Cephalo hypnosis. Okay. Cephalo hypnosis.com. I just had it up. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. I'll, I'll make sure to link to that as well. Awesome. Yeah. And that, um, if you read the whole thing about HAA and you still have questions, you can, there's a little link that you can book a call with me for free and I'll just answer any questions you have. Perfect. Yeah. And then I don't know if this is helpful, but my Instagram is L I A underscore N is a Nancy E E S is insane. Just my name. Absolutely helps. Absolutely. Send me questions on there too. I'm, I'm here to help. Well, perfect. Well, awesome. This is, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I, I really mean this. Like I, even just this conversation shifted my perspective on what it is. I now walking away, feel like I have a much better understanding, but also kind of like renewed interest. Um, you, you now have more information about hypnosis than the vast majority of the population. Yeah. Well, that, God, that's scary, but it is a little scary, but <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. But you know, I'm also thinking too, I guess when I thought, hypnosis for sport and for athletes. It's like, look, if you're someone who's trying to do something at a really high level, then maybe this is like worth it. Cause I imagine it's really intense and very specific, but what I'm hearing is it's like, has such a broad kind of range of uses, um, mm -hmm. you know, and whether for athletic purposes or to your point, right? Like smoking and, and, and dealing with some of these other anxiety issues can be a really powerful approach and an alternative approach to meditation, whether done oh, in yeah. unison or separately. So I, th I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's this incredibly user friendly tool that's built into all of us. Hmm. And I just, I mean, I wish everybody knew more about it, right? It's, it's how you tap into 90% of your brain. Your conscious mind takes up 10%. That's usually what, what most of us have direct access to. Mm -hmm. And I think I mentioned this in the email that I sent, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't compete and go lift weights if you only had access to 10% of your muscles. Right. So how, I mean, yeah. right. You laugh, right. It's, it's ridiculous. You wouldn't right. even think of it. Most of us are only directly communicating with 10% of our brain. I mean, that's insane. So I really, I mean, talking on podcasts is a great start, but I really want everyone to know you can actually communicate with a hundred percent of your brain. And if all of your competitors are directly communicating with 10% and you're communicating with a hundred cent, a hundred percent that alone is a huge leg up on competition. Yeah. And you know, I just, just talking to my wife about this. We, uh, not to keep referencing past shows, but we had a, a <laughs> show, um, where breathwork was a topic yeah. and, um, his name's Shane Farmer, dark horse Rowan. He's a fantastic guy doing some really cool stuff. And he was talking about get, getting into this, um, 
you know, almost like psychedelic, the psychedelic state that might not even be the right word for, but this, this other state from nothing other than Mm -hmm. just breath work. And fortunately I have actually had that experience as well. Worked with a breath work coach for a project a long time ago. And so I could relate to that. I was like, yeah, it's insane that you, to your point, you have something innately within you that you could be tapping into that most people will live their entire life not e- not even trying to access at once. Exactly. So, so for me listening to this, I'm like, man, okay, I got to tap into this other 90%. Like I don't want to <laughs> go my whole life and not even try it and see if it works for me. So I'm excited. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Me too. Yeah, this is cool. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm excited to hopefully get some listener feedback for folks trying it. Yeah, me too. I'd love to hear what they say. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again. We'll, t- we'll uh, hopefully talk again soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. You got it. And mommy, you better go ask mommy, daddy. <laughs> that might be one of the more intriguing ones we've actually done. Yeah, it, it, it changed my, a lot of opinions I had about hypnosis. That's how I felt too, like walking away from it. I, I very much thought hypnosis was one thing and I'm really glad we had this episode. Yeah, hypnosis to me was in like the original cartoon Robin Hood, <laughs> the snake and the Tiger King. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know exactly. And the snake gets hypnotized. Yeah, or in the Jungle Book. Oh, in the Jungle Book as well. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to start picking up on where we're getting all of our <laughs> scientific information from or uh, not Children's the most movies. credible of sources. But yeah, no, I, like I said in the interview, like I really thought it was something that like you were kind of passive. It happened to you. Someone was kind uh-huh. of like taking control, uh, had some, you know, whether or not they could like mind control, but they had some power to like make you take action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This I felt like, you know, and I don't know how everyone practices hypnotism but this like disproved a lot of those things for me yeah weren't you kind of hypnotized when you did that breathing thing or was that different well now kind of I before this would have said no but now as she described the way she does hypnosis I might actually say like yes yeah like a hundred percent I got into that different state of mind Mm -hmm. that I have kind of gotten into before with meditation I think that's what made it um more relatable for me is like, I've done meditation. I've done that like breath work before. Uh So I can like kind of identify what it feels like to get into some of these different states, um, which makes me feel like, Oh, okay. Actually this seems more realistic than maybe I thought it was. Yeah. I feel like I get, you like talked about how you've felt like maybe you were in states like that when you were doing athletic things. I feel like I get into that state when I'm having a baby. (laughs) A hundred percent. Right. Right. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because like everything else goes quiet and I'm like, I've got one thing on my mind that I yeah. need to do and I don't think about anything else. Oh, man. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, look, if you think about it, like sports are a game. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're really into it, you can get yourself like solely focused. But like having a baby is a completely different level of like yeah. physical exertion, focus, what's on the line. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, we should ask her about that. So would you say you're you're in the zone? When I was in the zone. <laughs> you were in a flow state. <laughs> I was in an alpha theta state. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. Oh, here, let, let's start with the takeaways. Cause I, I feel like we're going to just naturally hit these things if I don't start calling them out. But uh, mm-hmm. the first thing that she said early on the episode that I thought was really interesting is you don't have to believe in it for it to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think when Wait, we try... That's, so- that's your powerful brain thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, but that's kind of the opposite, though. It's like the placebo effect would be like your brain is so, you know, yeah. has such a powerful impact on your actual... Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, physiology that like you can convince yourself that something's working even when it's an, a sugar pill. Mm-hmm. This is almost the opposite. It's yeah. like, you know, the subconscious is so powerful that your conscious brain doesn't even need to like accept the fact that this is working. Mm-hmm. It, it can just work regardless. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And I, I appreciated that she said, even when she started going through like training, she still wasn't bought in. Mm-hmm. Like I, I appreciate that so much more than someone who just like a blatantly yeah, was, like, like so into it sell like, something. Yeah. 
I appreciate it when someone like has a little bit of vulnerability, opens up like, look, I had my doubts too. But over mm-hmm. time, I've seen the impact it has in my own life. Rather, you know what I mean? Like that, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I think that's just kind of a testament to what the subconscious is capable of. Yeah. And that was my, that was my takeaway that yeah. she said the subconscious um, is, makes up 90% of your brain, mm-hmm. which I thought was crazy. I, w- I wonder if that's like based in science. That I have the same question. Yeah. And like, what is defined as the subconscious? Yeah. Because, you know, I have always heard, you always hear, like, we only use 10% of our brains. Yeah. Is the other 90% subconscious? Maybe. And I've heard that, maybe like. Maybe that's what she meant? Well, no, I, maybe. But I also yeah. heard that, like, you know, the brain is doing so much that you are not consciously controlling all the time. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many like physiological functions alone that your brain is like doing without you even understanding how you do it. Yeah. Um, it makes sense to me. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I think when I was talking to Prince, when I sit down to meditate, the amount of just like sheer thoughts that come like rushing through my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, all that's just been going on in the background and I'm not even consciously thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know? I liked her example of the athlete who gets really nervous before. Mm-hmm he performs or he, she performs yeah. like it, that just becomes part of their getting ready for an event. Like they're, they get nervous. So like yeah. they, they, they're getting nervous because that's what they do before an event. But you have to like rework that into, I'm not, I'm like, I'm strong. I'm confident, I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. Not I'm nervous. Like I'm jittery. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And that, that's kind of like, I, we were talking before my mom did something called transcendental meditation yeah. for weight loss to mm-hmm. like try to, rework the way she thinks about food, I guess. I wonder if that was meditation or if that was hypnosis. I thought it was hypnosis. It probably was then if it was, like she was saying, if, if there was a specific outcome. Yeah, because it was it was what people do to quit smoking. Ah, okay. But she did it to like, for like appetite control. Ah, okay. It probably was then, hypnosis. Yeah, I thought it was hypnosis. Yeah, because transcendental, we were talking about that, transcendental meditation is certainly a thing. Yeah. Um, Like a really common form of meditation. But yeah, I forget, did it work? Or did she feel, I, did she feel like she noticed a difference? I think she did initially, but then I think she just stopped practicing it. Mm. I, I also liked that too. That made me more willing to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that it like, look, it's like, it requires work. It requires the participant being willing to put in the effort and work to get this done. And I also thought it was really cool. You can do it to yourself. Yeah. I never buy anything when it's like a quick fix. It's going to make a magical change. Mm-hmm. And this actually, this actually leads into my second takeaway. Um, the parallels between what she described as hypnosis and meditation makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, like it gave me a much better reference point to k- begin to understand like how this might work and what that experience might feel like. Yeah, um, because I fully believe in meditation, and mm-hmm. I know they're trying to prove all these incredible, you know, uh, benefits of meditation but a lot of these things are just really hard to quantify. Right. But knowing like firsthand the impact that that can have on my own life, I can see how this could be in, in, in a similar vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sure. So the other one that I thought was really interesting, I don't know, and this could be because I'm just trying to relate it to my own experience, but in, in trying to understand how it would differ from meditation, because you know, one of the things she said that I thought was really interesting is it, it happens in the same, I hope I'm using this term right, like the same brain states right? The, mm-hmm. the alpha and the theta. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So it's happening kind of in that like same, I don't know, brain state. Uh huh. Um, but the hypnosis is focused on rewiring, mm-hmm. you know, whereas it feels like meditation is much more about like awareness. Um, you know, just being still, just being present. Mm-hmm this seemed to be much more like outcome-based. Yeah. Like we're tapping into this state because there's something that you're either trying to change or achieve. Yeah, which is why she said she liked working with athletes because they're looking for an outcome as opposed to like looking for someone to just fix them. You know, what's interesting too is like a lot of athletes really do struggle with meditation because it's like they want to achieve something. Yeah, where it, you know, it's very difficult to like go into this practice trusting it's going to benefit you by doing, you know, nothing. nothing. Like Greg Carton said, he's like, people pay me a lot of money to tell them to do nothing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think this could be a really interesting alternative for people to explore. Yeah. You know, cause like everyone's different. like maybe meditation doesn't work for you or you don't enjoy it. This could be another approach that could be like really powerful. Mm-hmm. Something else that I thought was important is there's a lot of this stuff that I feel like exists on the fringe and almost seems like taboo. And a lot of that probably has to do with pop culture and probably because people have like pitched hypnosis in a deceitful way. Too or many maybe, people are watching Robin Hood. Well, too many people are watching Robin Hood. That's for sure. But, you know, like I feel like the demystification of this is so important. Yeah. Because I, it could really help people. And I'm sure it has. Like, I'm sure like we could, we could grab a number of people who've used it to quit smoking or some sort of like behavioral disorder. And they're like, no, it was like really impactful. Meditation, what, like 15 years ago was kind of yeah. taboo. And now it's so like, how many people do we know that practice it oh, regularly? A hundred million dollar businesses are being built off meditation. Yeah. You know, I mean, literally mm-hmm. like it is so well accepted now. That yeah. it is like a trendy thing to like double yeah. down on. Yeah. Hyp- hyp- hypnosis. It's the next big, big thing. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. I thought it was cool, man. I just, I, I love getting exposed. I almost called it hypnotics. Remember hypnotics. hypnotic? Oh, shit, girl. It was like that blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it blue was chemical like, liquor. Like 5% alcohol by volume. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, tasted, blue. it tasted like like blue raspberry. It was so good. Oh, that must be just a hangover in a bottle. I wonder if they still make that. I'm sure they do. Hypnotic. Hypnotic. We'll find out. Not to be confused with hypnosis. We'll link to it in the show notes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I thought it was great. I think this is like, I want to go down this road more with the show. There's a bunch of like topics that I would love to learn more about that frankly, I don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably reflective of just like the general public. Yeah, I would imagine most of the people who listen haven't tried hypnosis or don't know much yeah, about so it. Yeah, so if, if any of the listeners have something oh, they are. want to learn more about, absolutely, let us know. You know, we've had some really good guests. Actually, yeah. some of our best guests, quite With frankly, it, have yeah. come from people just reaching out saying, "Hey, look, I, I think this person would be really interesting." So I really appreciate yeah, for it. Sure. And I'm busy, folks. Help me out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Throw guests my way. <laughs> He's got a full time job. Full time job, folks. Uh, man, what a good one though. I, I really hope people take a, a, away a lot from that one. And I'm, uh, definitely going to link, we should, you know what we should do? We should do that. Um, that kind of like free trial. Mm-hmm. We should give that a shot. Yeah. That'll be cool. Maybe we can report back on that in the coming weeks here, Good idea. Uh, but I'm going to make sure to post to that. So all the listeners can find out about it. Um, on that note, thank you everybody. We appreciate it. Hope you had a good time. We got to go pick up our kids. Yeah, we had a parents-only weekend. Staycation. Woohoo. Just so much antique shopping. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> it was fun. You enjoyed it. I loved it. That's how I know I'm getting older. I'm like... Antiquing on the weekends. Yeah, not that I had any doubts that I had like the fully... The first weekend of football, Kenny spent it antiquing. I spent it antiquing and I enjoyed myself. <laughs> yeah, he loved it. There's no other place he'd rather be. I am like just both feet into suburban dad mode. Yeah. I'm just going to start rocking nothing but just crew neck sweaters, new balances. <laughs> oh God, no new balances, please. I'm going to, I'm going to start reading an actual Sunday paper. Oh, oh. I'm actually getting excited. Do you even make those anymore? It. Yeah, you can find them. Just kidding. <laughs> you can find them. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I know we say we had Sherry Ma this week. She's actually going to be next week. That's going to be a really another really good, interesting conversation about sleep. We haven't had a sleep specialist on in a while, so stay tuned for that one. And as always... Big thank you. (laughs) See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.